Um, but we are on our last Sunday of our sermon series asking the question, are we on mission? We've spent the last uh, eight weeks looking at our mission statement, uh, partially because we've grown a bit in the last few years and we have newer folks to Green Tree who uh, maybe weren't aware or, or uh, have a, a, a good understanding of our mission statement. And then for those of us that have been around a while, it's good to revisit that from time to time. So this morning, uh, our hope is that we, we can bring it all together uh, and ask the question, where, where is my place in God's mission? Because Green Tree Community Church isn't on mission unless we are on mission individually uh, as well as collectively. So we're going to be looking in just a couple of moments at Romans chapter 12 and verses 3 through 13 and what Paul says to uh, his young Christians in Rome uh, about what it means to be following Christ and to be making an impact for him in the community. On May the 2nd, 2011, so you got to go back about seven years ago, uh, Senior Chief Petty Officer Robert O'Neill was part of an operation in Pakistan that brought down Osama bin Laden. Uh, Chief Petty Officer O'Neill was actually the man who fired the shot uh, that ended Obadan's... We're off to a good start. Osama bin Laden's life... And yet to suggest that he was the guy, that, that it all kind of centered on him, would be a gross misrepresentation. There have been 10 years since the World Trade Center bombing and two different admit, administrations in the White House who both for about eight years tried uh, to find him. And it was, it was not until the third year of the Obama administration that actually success came about. There were thousands of people that were involved in just trying to locate him over literally uh, more than a decade. There were, there were people who, uh, even in that particular operation on that particular day, there were hundreds of people that were involved in the United States as well uh, as there on the ground. So to, so to give credit to uh, O'Neill, in part, yes, uh, he certainly was on that team and he certainly played his role, but to suggest that, that he's the hero would be to miss the fact that there were lots of people that were involved in the mission. I think the danger of a sermon series like this where uh, you see the mission, you, you're going to see it on the screen again this morning, you think about it a little bit, and probably you're thankful that the church that is your spiritual family has a mission, and it seems like a pretty good one, it seems like a pretty biblical one, and, and folks are here, and we seem to be growing a little bit, so we must be on mission, and I, I think it would be a, a pretty easy thing just to kind of skip right by it and not ask the question, am I on mission? Am I where God wants me to be using the gifts that God has given me in order to grow his kingdom? Because if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ and Green Tree Community Church is your spiritual home, then it is partly for you to be on mission. Uh, and all of our individual parts make up the whole. And so that's what we want to consider this morning. We want to try to make it personal. I want you to be able to, to try to ask and answer the question, am I... Uh, on mission. Where's my place in God's mission? Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 13. Hear the word of God. For by the grace given to me, the apostle Paul writes, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. 
having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. This is the reading of God's holy and perfect word. To him alone be glory. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the, uh, the folks who began Green Tree many years ago and, and sat down and asked the question, what, what should we be about? What do we hope would be our impact uh, in Kirkwood and St. Louis County and St. Louis and region and beyond? What are the particular things that God would, would have us be about? Lord, I thank you that they took the time to prayerfully think and consider. And Father, now these 20 some odd years later, we continue to ask the question, Lord, are we following you? Are we on the mission that, that you have assigned? Uh, are we embracing your grace and your mercy to the extent that we're sharing it with others? That we're not making it about ourselves, we're not making it about what we like or don't like or what we uh, think is important or not important, but that we're submitting ourselves to your Lordship and we're saying, Lord, you lead and, and just give us the faith to follow and give me the faith to use the gifts that you've given me for my part in your kingdom. So Lord, uh, it's as important today as it was at the very outset of Green Tree. So as we come to the conclusion of this series, we pray, Lord, that you would teach us. Father, forgive my sin. Please don't let me stand in the way of what you want us to know this morning. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So for one more time, uh, our sermon in a sentence has been the same for the last uh, eight plus weeks. Uh, beginning next week, we're going to start our summer series. It will be 10 weeks long, with, which coincidentally lines up with how many commandments there are in Exodus chapter 20. And so our summer series is going to be the Ten Commandments through the lens of the gospel. So we'll, we'll have a new sermon in a sentence next week. Uh, but for the last time in this series, to know Jesus Christ, to serve him in joyful obedience, and to make him known by growing disciples, renewing, planting churches, and renewing communities. Are we on mission? Where is your place? Where is my place in God's mission? I have four observations in this text this morning. The first three have to do with this notion that Paul speaks about with the gifts that God gives and how God equips us, how he gives us the tools that are necessary in order that we may be on mission. Now, whether we use the gifts, whether we use the tools is up for conversation. That's part of what we're going to be looking at this morning. But we, we're going to spend three of the four observations on gifts. And then as those come together... Uh, we'll be considering what is the identity, what is the community identity of Green Tree Community Church as Paul lays it out in this passage. So first of all, we need to understand that the gifts are given. They're not earned. Uh, you, you weren't born with them when you became a believer in Jesus, when you became a disciple. Through God's grace, he empowered you by his spirit. He graciously gave you gifts that you could have to use for his kingdom. So in chapter 12, verse 3, Paul says, For by the grace given to me... So he looks at himself first and says, I'm a recipient of grace. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not the best and the brightest. I, I've been given 
grace by God. So therefore, I say to all of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So God's the author of our mission, and God is the author and the giver of the gifts that you possess, the gifts that I possess. He's the one that gives them, them to us, and he gives them to us out of his grace. You don't earn them. You're like, oh, I'm going to try real hard, work real hard, and God will give me some more gifts. No, the Spirit of God dwells in you as a believer, and God has already determined the gifts he's going to give you in order that you and I may be on mission, that we may serve him. Therefore, Paul says, practice sober judgment. What does that mean? Well, if you've ever had a little bit too much to drink, you might find the next day that people say, do you remember what you said last night? And, and you probably should be a little embarrassed this morning. You should probably call so-and-so. You tend to think more clearly when you're sober than when you're not. And Paul says, think clearly about yourself. So how does a person who can take no credit for their gifts, take no credit for their salvation, it's all by grace, what is sober judgment? It's humility. It's understanding that I'm, I'm not more special. I'm, I'm, I'm not better. I'm, I, I don't have more than others. I've been given gifts by God, and therefore, the sober judgment leads me to humility. I, I pray daily for myself and for you that we would be a, a, a congregation filled with the humility that comes from the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ. Well, the first thing we need to understand, Paul says, is that these gifts are given. However, Paul also wants us to understand that because they've been given, they're actually supposed to be put into use. Look at the first part of verse 6. Verse 6 says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us. There's that grace given again, right? Let us use them. Let us put them into practice. Your gift, my gift, your gifts, my gifts are to be used for growing the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at some of those gifts in just a minute. But the, one of the questions, application questions that you can ask yourself this morning, the first one is, do I have a humble heart because of the grace of God? The second one, am I active in the kingdom of God using my gifts in order to glorify Jesus and help build up his kingdom? Because God's given you exactly the gifts he wants you to have so that you will be a tool in his hand. You will be used by him for his glory and for the good of his people. So Friday, I'm in my backyard and I'm looking at a tree that is really in great shape. It's growing well. It's going to be a beautiful uh, oak tree. And, and I just love this tree. But I looked at this. There's some low-hanging branches that probably need to be trimmed. Well, that's no big deal. I can go get a saw and I can cut those off and be ready to go. But as it always is, the branches that are low-hanging, when you find where you got to cut them, they're always like 10 feet off the ground. <laughs> So now I'm thinking about Tom Ricks, and I'm thinking about a ladder leaning against the tree, and I'm thinking about a sharp serrated edge, and that is an accident looking for a place to happen. But I'm also realizing now that I've seen these branches, I can't let it go. Now, you might be the kind of person that has self-discipline. You might, you might be the person that looks at that and says, I just need to bite the bullet and, and you know, pay 100 bucks and get somebody over here who knows what they're doing, and you could go on with your day. I can't do that. Now I have to get it done. So I'm in the garage and I'm looking around for something on the ladder and I look over in the corner and I see this tool in the corner. That's a, it's a long stick. It's, a, it's probably about, I don't know, six and a half feet tall and it has this long curved serrated edge saw on the end of it. And it was designed by somebody to do what? To reach branches so you don't have to get on a ladder and then hurt yourself. So now I'm not, I don't have to worry about falling off the ladder. I don't have to worry about cutting myself with a saw. I just have to worry about not standing under the branch that I'm going to cut and have it fall on my head. 
But I get to stay on the ground, and it's the perfect tool, and I'm out there, and I'm just singing, and I'm having a great time, and the tree looks even better today than it did the other day because the tool was used the right way, because the instrument was there. God has given you gifts, and he doesn't apologize for the gifts he's given you. He doesn't apologize for the gifts he's given me. Paul says in another passage, the gifts of God are without repentance. In other words, God didn't look and go, oh, gee, I wish I hadn't given him that one. But are we willing to use them? The gifts are there so that whether I'm a Sunday school teacher, whether I'm involved in church planting, whether I'm a community renewal person, says, I'm gonna, I want to work on this in our community and help it be a, a better community. Whatever those gifts are, they're actively used because they're given by God. There's a, there's a, a gentleman at Green Tree, and I'm not going to mention his name, but I see him here every so often, about once a week. And I typically look out my, my window in my office, I see him walking around, and he's just walking around the property. But he's walking around the property, and he, he's a, a member of the country, he's walking around the property, he's picking up trash. He's got a headphone on. And it's not like, you, you guys aren't that messy. Y'all could clean up a little bit in here better as you leave. We, we, you shouldn't have to pick up your coffee cups every Sunday. But it, our property's relative, but he just like, that's my thing. I just walk around and pick up trash because when people drive by, I, I want them to see the green trees. You know, we're, we're not a bunch of messy people using his gift, right? The gifts are given in order that they might be used. Secondly, the gifts are varied by design. They're, they're different, but everyone is included. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you're in. For as the body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. We are members of the body. We belong, you belong. Now, if we don't treat one another like we belong, we have a problem. But the facts are that the blood of Jesus covers every one of us. Next week uh, in golf, the U.S. Open uh, is going to be coming, and it's in Shinnecock Hills, which is in New York. Now, I'm, I'm kind of a golf nerd. I, I like to play golf. I wish I were better. I'm not very good at it, but I like to play. But I also like to look at the golf courses. I like to look at the layouts and see what's going on. So the other day, I had a little bit of time. I'm going to go look at Shinnecock Hills' website and, and see what it has to say. And you pop on Shinnecock Hills' website, and the, across the menu bar at the top, right in the middle, it says visitor page. Perfect. I'm a visitor, and I punch on the visitor page, and these paragraphs come out, and I'm going to read you the welcome visitor page of Shinnecock Hills. You ready? Shinnecock is a private club. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> All guests must sign in, be signed in by an accompanying member at the front desk before play. No guest will be permitted to tee off without a green fee ticket. Guests may not pay cash for any charges in the clubhouse. They must sign the host member's name. i got to find somebody who belongs to Shinnecock and go to the, the, the pro shop and go shopping. Gratuities may not be paid to any employee of the club other than the caddy master and the locker room attendant. Caddies should be paid directly. Cellular phones, other communication devices are not to be used or displayed in the clubhouse or on club grounds. Appropriate golf attire is required in the clubhouse, on the practice area, and on the golf course. Unacceptable clothing includes T-shirts, tank tops, sports jerseys, jeans, cutoffs, sweatsuits, jogging, and other short shorts. I'm not sure what other short shorts mean, and quite frankly, I don't want to know. Flip-flops and sandals are not permitted. All shirts should remain tucked in. Hats should be worn with the bill forward. And removed when entering the clubhouse. Only soft spikes are allowed in the clubhouse and on the golf course. Thank you in advance for conscientiously following our rules and the basics of golf etiquette and for treating all members and our staff with the utmost respect. Now, 
I love golf and I love golf etiquette. One of the things about the game is that it's supposed to be polite and it's supposed to be done well. And I really do appreciate that. But for our purposes this morning, does somebody walk into Green Tree Community Church and their experience says to them, this is a private club? Are those of us that have the gift of hospitality, is our radar up? Are we looking for the people around us that maybe feel like they don't fit in? Are those of us who have the gift of mercy and, and can emotionally connect with people? Do we understand? That's not somebody else's mission. That's my mission. If that's the gift that God's given me, I don't wait around for somebody else to do it. God's called me. He's created me. He's given me these gifts in order that I make sure that, that everyone understands they're part of this. Because also, not only is everyone included, but every need is covered. Look at verses 6 through 8. Look at this list. If, if your gift is prophecy in proportion to our faith. Prophecy in, in Paul's time is not just telling the future, looking look in the future, saying what we think could happen. Prophecy also has the notion of telling the truth. So if you ever run somebody that just says, you know what, I'm going to give it to you straight. They, they probably have the spiritual gift of prophecy. Some of us are, are, are a little more, you know, we, we, we kind of want to sugarcoat it a little bit. We kind of want to not hurt feelings. A person that's a prophet isn't too worried about feelings. They just want to make sure we know the truth. And that's important. We, we should know the truth at Green Tree. If it's in service, uh, then we should be serving. That's the notion of caring physically. So 2028 uh, in a couple of weeks is a perfect example of that. The one who teaches in his teaching. So whether that's little ones or older ones teaching. The one who exhorts. The one who says, come on, we can do it. Don't quit now. Hang in there. We can make it. Let him exhort. The one who contributes, do that with generosity. Be, be generous in your giving. The one who leads with zeal. The leader's the person that stands up and says, I'll take responsibility for this mess. If it didn't go right, it's on me. It's not on anybody else. Lead with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Mercy is, is an emotional connection. Every Sunday I say our prayer team, our Stephen ministers are right over here after the service. And if you need to talk with someone, if you need to pray with someone, come and, and hang out with one of our prayer team members, one of our Stephen ministers. Those are the folks with a gift of mercy. They're empathetic. They connect emotionally. Every need is covered. God doesn't give us little bits and pieces of his gifts in order that some areas may flourish while other areas suffer. He cares for the entire body of Christ. And therefore, no one person is more important than any others. Look at verse 5. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of whom? Individually members of one another. We're all on equal footing before the throne of God. So you might say, well, I'm just the setup person. I don't really count that much. I, I, I don't do anything that important. But if you don't set up, nothing, none of this happens on Sunday morning. You might say, well, I, I just stand at the door and I, and I just say hello to people. How important could that be? Let me tell you something. If you're rude to people as they're coming in the door or you look through them and don't see them, I don't have a chance in the world to say anything that they're going to hear because they're going to be offended and they're going to be hurt that they weren't recognized. I don't travel that much to other churches because I'm here most Sundays, but sometimes when I'm out of town, I go to other churches. You know what the number one thing I look for is? is not the preaching. Not that. That's like number four. It probably is for you. That's why you're a green tree. But from the time I get out of my car in the parking lot, I walk into the building and, and, and walk into the, into, the, into the sanctuary, how many people said hello to me? Did anybody notice whether I was even there or not, or were they busy in their own conversations? You see, no one's more important than others. We're all part of one another. You know, maybe the, the greeter wishes they could do something important like the tech crew. Uh, and yet the tech crew says, well, I, I'm, I'm just a tech crew person. I can't, if I could do something, I want to be in the band. And we just kind of look at everybody else around us like their gift's important. And Paul says, we're all in it together. 
it, it's all equal. Every gift is important, and, and the gifts are varied by design. Thirdly, gifts are intentional based on need. Again, I want to take you back to these verses 6 through 8. Look, look at the intentionality of God. He's going to make sure that we know the truth. He's going to make sure that we have people that, that point us to service, that people teach us well, that there are folks that don't let us quit. You ever around somebody says, we're not giving up even when, when you want to quit. It's really great to have somebody like that in your corner say, come on, let's press on. We can do this. Generosity, people that, that just have an open hand and give whatever they have to the need, to the, to, to the cause of Christ. Those who lead, those who step up and say, I'll, I'll help move this thing forward. People with acts of mercy, all of those are intentional because those are the needs and we need all of them. Remember, Paul said, we're not all the same. I mean, think about if everybody was the prophet. Think of everybody's main chief concern was making sure you had the truth. So my wife has a bit of the gift of prophecy, and, and she's my best friend. I, I love her more than I love anybody else on the planet, but she doesn't pull punches. She'll, if you ask her an honest question, you're going to get an honest answer. And sometimes when you don't answer, ask a question, you're going to get an honest answer. <laughs> so I've been since January, I've been losing a little bit of weight. I've been eating a little differently. I've been, I've been exercising a little bit. And she's been encouraging me. She's been hanging there. You know, you're, you're doing great. I'm, I'm really happy that you're doing that. A couple weeks ago, she looks at me and I could tell by the look in her eye that whatever was coming out of her mouth next was love. She meant it sincerely. And, and she thought it was a compliment. And she said to me, sweetie, you almost have a waist. And I said, thank you. <laughs> and, you're, and, and you're right, I'm getting there. But I was really encouraged by her saying that. But if everybody was the prophet, it'd, it'd get a little raw every once in a while, right? We, we need those mercy folks. But, but I don't need a mercy giver to, to say, gee, I, I really kind of hope you, you keep eating right. I kind of need Cindy to say, I'm not buying that at the grocery store, I'm buying this. We, so it all works together. When I'm discouraged, when I'm emotionally worn out, I need that person with mercy. Think about it if we only had servants. We, we do 20, 28, 80 times a year, but we wouldn't do anything else. That doesn't really make any sense, does it? Think about if we didn't have anybody that was generous around here. The, the children that we sent to preschool last year and those scholarships, were the, the next offering we receive after next week's for 2028 will be in the fall to help those children go back to school. And help the other ones come along who need it because they, they can't afford it. To make sure that what if nobody around here was generous? Where would those children be? The gifts are varied and that's intentional because the need is wide. Are we aware? Are we looking? Are we paying attention? And are we saying, I can be part of helping there. I can serve there. That's my place in God's mission. Brothers and sisters, I, I believe if we're intentional, I believe if we really take to heart what Paul is saying this morning, that God gives us the gifts, it will give us a humble spirit that will be uh, desirous of folks around us. We, it will lead us to being active. It will lead us to being intentionally active, to seeing our role uh, not as more important than others, but vital to what Christ is doing. And we'll know that because God sees the need and he's aware of it, we can be aware and we can be part of what he's doing to grow his kingdom, which would lead us to a community identity. We'd, we, we would look like something. We, we would have a personality trait, as it were. So we're going to play a quick little game here as we begin to wrap up, and we're going to play Name That Community. I'm going to give you some communities, and it goes from, from real easy to, to pretty hard. So name this community.
No, you, you, were, you did the right thing and raised your hand. You're the only person here that's polite. What is that? What is it? San Francisco, right? So now it's going to get a little harder. Okay, maybe it didn't get harder. Now where are we? New York, okay. Now we're going to go international. Oh, I gave you a hint. You wouldn't have got it if I didn't give you this hint. Now, y'all think you're pretty smart, don't you? Okay, all right, we'll try this one off for size. Salina, Kansas. Congratulations. There you go. Nancy Lovell. How did you know that, Nancy Lovell? But I know something else that your mama told me this morning. Weren't, weren't you like Miss Salina, Kansas? <laughs> you blame your mother for that one, right? You blame your mom for that one. So Salina, Kansas, that's a little bit tougher to recognize. What do you see when you see this next community? That's the question, right? That's us. What do people experience when they experience Green Tree Community Church? Grace, humility, people on mission for God and his intentionality to serve his kingdom? Or do they see a place that says, you're not a member, this is private, you can't be here. The choice is up to us, friends. I believe that God gave the wisdom to the first generation of Green Tree folks to give us the correct mission statement. We're going to go back to that as we, as we end this morning. This is God's call in our lives collectively as a group of people. We put that mission statement on the screen, please. That'd be great. Thank you. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry. Stay there for just a second. So the question is, how do we get to that identity? It's not just by doing, but it's by being the people of God. And so Paul says, love, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Brotherly affection means that, that we can punch each other, but nobody else can punch us, right? That's brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. That, that's an identity. That's a community identity. And all of that happens not because we're super smart, not because we're really, you know, strong folks and we just can figure it out faster and better than everybody else. It's because we get grace. It's because we understand the cross of Christ is not what we deserve, but it's what God gives freely. And God just didn't save you to redeem you individually. He saved you to be part of his kingdom. And, and in this moment, in this time, we're part of the kingdom of God. What will be our identity? Now let's go to our mission statement. Thank you. Sorry, I skipped that. All of this hinges on really one thing, and, and that's the first four words, to know Jesus Christ. Because if you know Jesus Christ, his mission will become clear to you. And if you know Jesus Christ, his gifts will be evident in your life. And then you can answer the question, where's my place in God's mission? Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity the last few weeks just to be reminded of, of the intention of Green Tree as it began uh, 21 or 22 years ago. And Lord, we, we've grown by your grace. Uh, we, our, our influence has been expanded by your power. So Lord, we just, we want to pause and, and A, say thank you for what you've done, but also Lord, keep us on track. 
May none of us here who, who, who belong uh, in Green Tree, who, who've made this our, our, our church home, our spiritual family, may none of us think it's on somebody else. But rather, Lord, may we look at, at our lives through the mirror of your word. And say, Lord, wh- where have you gifted me? How, how do you want to use me uh, as an instrument in your hands to grow your kingdom, to bring glory to your name, and to bring others to Christ uh, and to grow his kingdom? So, Father, help us. As a congregation, help us individually to be on mission, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.